Genesis, I think, 37. Genesis 37 tonight. Um, we are on number eight. Was where we stopped number seven last time, I believe. And uh, we got through uh, how how Joseph is a type of a type of Christ. And, uh, very interesting. Uh, we were reading or studying Sunday about uh, the last chapter of Revelation, and we got to look at the different uh, types of uh, the. Oh my goodness, I, I, how Genesis and Revelation correlate with each other. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to see this, the same type of study as the type of Christ we were looking at, uh, Joseph being the same type. Now he was not Christ, um, but he just is a picture of Christ in Genesis 37. And uh, if you do have your Bible... Uh, if not, you do. You can look on those papers as well. Thirty-seven, and uh, we'll start there tonight. So we looked at how he was a shepherd. We looked how he opposed. Uh, he was opposed to evil. He was a beloved son of the father. He esteemed superior, which you know he was. He was uh, put in charge. He was hated by his brothers. Um, he was hated without cause. He didn't have any reason. Those brothers didn't have any reason to hate him. Um, just like Christ, there's no reason for people to hate him. But it's still done today, you know. Yes, sir. You know, preacher, whenever you said that, uh, that last year when I was working there, and mm -hmm. this guy, this one of the workers in there, and ground crew, this guy was coming to work with us and everything, and mid morning. Uh, promised a glorious future. 
He was promised a glorious future. We did cover this one. Chapter uh, Genesis 37, uh, they were talking about the sheaves, how they would bow down to Joseph. And then later on, we know that they did bow down to him. He was, But he was promised that glorious future, just like Jesus Christ has, has been promised a glorious future. Luke 1, 32 says, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. There will not be an end to Jesus Christ's reign on this world. Uh, there will not be an end when he comes to rule and reign. Number eight, he was envied by his brothers. That's where we stopped at. He was envied by his brothers. His brothers envied him. They, 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 they wanted what he had. They wanted, they wanted the recognition that their father gave him. They wanted to be able to maybe dream the dreams and things like that. So we are on number nine. Bible says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brother feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here am I. You know, his attitude to his daddy was the exact same attitude that Jesus Christ had to his father. God says, Oh, I need somebody to pay the sin debt for these. I don't, I don't even know that he had to ask who would, who would be that volunteer. I don't even believe that God had to God had to say, well, who, who's going to pay for their sin debt? I know Jesus stood up and said, here am I. I'll go pay their sin debt. I'll pay for their sin. And uh, Jesus, or God allowed his son to pay for their sin. But he was, uh, he was sent on a mission for his father. Look at John chapter 20 and verse number 21. The Bible says, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath what? Sent me, so send I you. So God, or Jesus was sent by his Father to this earth to, to uh, accomplish the mission just like uh, Joseph was sent to Shechem to check on his brothers and they both went. They were sent on a mission uh, much like Jesus Christ. Number 10, he was obedient to the Father. You know, there's a difference, in my opinion, there's a difference between being sent and then someone being obedient. Someone being obedient. Because you can be told to do something until you're blue in the face, but unless you do it, right? I told him to clean up his room. Well, I told him to clean up his room. I told him to clean up his room. And if he doesn't do it, what good is that, right? It doesn't do you any good. But his father sent him on a mission, and he was obedient. Same verse, Genesis chapter 37, verse 13. And he said... Here am Riding, or he takes off running and goes after. Him. He said, "Here, my dad, I'll go do it." But he was obedient to his daddy. 
God says, hey, I need somebody to go down there and pay their sin debt. Jesus said, huh, I'll do it. And when he came to this earth, he was obedient, even, even obedient to the death of the cross, as the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 9, he says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that, that he may establish the second. What did he say in Hebrews 10, 9? He said, I come to do thy will. When he was in the garden and he was praying, what did he say? Your will not mine. Yes. Because he was concerned about being obedient to the Father. Joseph was just as concerned about being obedient to his dad, just as God or Jesus Christ was just about being obedient to his Father. What an example for us, would you say? Of obedience? What an example of obedience that Christ would come to this earth and die on the cross. You know the song says, He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone. You know? But all of that, why did he do that? To be obedient to his Father. Now, of course, he loved us, and of course, he paid for our sin, and of course, he did that for us, but ultimately, he was being obedient to his, his father. Number 11. He, was sought, he sought his brother's welfare. What does that mean? Look in Genesis 37 and verse number 14. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with thy flocks. See, when Joseph went down to check on his brothers in Shechem, he wasn't going down there to try to destroy them. He wasn't going down there trying to condemn them. He was going down there to help them, to help their to, to be beneficial to them. They came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, that was lost. John 3 says, God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but the, the world through him might be saved. So yes, Jesus Christ did come. Yes, if you don't receive Christ, there is condemnation. But he did not come that it would condemn the world. He come to, for others to receive him. As the Bible says, we've said it many times, God's not willing that any should perish but that all men should come into repentance. So we see he was sent on a mission. He was obedient to his father. His, he was sought, he sought the welfare of his brothers. Then number, number 12, he was rejected by his own. When Joseph went down there to check on his brothers, Genesis 37, 16 tells us, and he said, I seek my brother. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. What? What took place when he got down there? Verse number 17. And the man said that they departed hence, and I heard them, Joseph, uh, and I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Verse 18 tells us, and when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him and to slay him. What did they do? They wanted to hurt him. But he was rejected by his own. You know, that's a difficult thing to deal with, yeah. to be rejected 
by your own people. To be rejected by your own family. You know, there is rejection that goes on in a lot of places. You know, there are some countries in this world that if somebody becomes a Christian, their whole family turns around. I've heard, I don't, I don't know the exact country, I've heard stories, I've heard a missionary tell a story, I can't remember who it was, but told a story of, of, of when someone has gotten saved, that their family will actually have a funeral for them, and have a coffin, and bury them, and act like they, they, they're forsook, they have forsaken them, because they've chosen to be a Christian. That's strong. Actually, it's just, it's just the opposite in reality. It ought They're to be. the ones that did. He's alive. <laughs> right, because you received Jesus Christ. Yeah, they better have a coffin for them. <laughs> right. Because when you receive Jesus Christ, you're alive. Yeah, that's right. You know, but sometimes. something you didn't even do. Joseph couldn't control that his daddy loved him more than the rest of them. When Jesus came to this earth, he was rejected by his own. The Bible says, and they received him not. They didn't receive him. They didn't want him. They rejected him. So not only do we see Joseph being rejected, but Jesus, I'll read you that text on the paper there. Uh, The Bible says, in, uh, in John 1, 11, which was the verse that I couldn't quote all the way, but <laughs> he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And it wanted That's pretty tough, would you say? Yeah. I would say that's pretty hard to deal with. And to think about all that, think about the rejection, think about how they, how they were... They, they didn't like him, all that, all that kind of stuff, all that. But still Joseph was faithful to God. And still Jesus Christ was faithful to the end. Even though his own received him not. Then what? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway. have any thoughts? Questions? Jesus Christ was doing the same. And, and they still didn't, and they still rejected him. Yeah. And to be honest, though, that, that he's still rejected today. Yeah. In a lot of places, he is rejected. Yeah. A lot of people in this area reject him. That's right. That's right. They're very true. <laughs> because they believe in something else. They believe in the church. 
you know, that's, when I've talked to people before, it's like, I don't want none of your religion. Well, it ain't about a religion. It's about, a, it's about Jesus Christ. You know, it's about the Son of God. So, but, and I will say this too, though, the Bible says, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But they're not rejecting you. If you've had family, if you've had friends, if you've had people reject you for believing in God, reject you for believing this book, they're not hating you. And they're not rejecting you. And it's hard not to take it personal. When I've talked to people before and they've rejected, man, it's hard not to be like, come on, won't you listen? But they don't want, they're not rejecting me. Make you feel that way. It does. It does. They're rejecting God. We must remember that. Because if not, we take it personal. Well, they rejected me. But they didn't. I mean, yes, they did. But they didn't reject you. They're rejecting you because of who you believe in. Or what you stand for. And it is hard to keep up. And all right, well, just keep on going. But Joseph did. And Christ did. Even though they were rejected by their brother, by their own, by their own kind, by their own people, by their own family. All right. Any other thoughts? If you have a thought, just say. Because I, I am moving along here, so if you do, just I gotta count them because I'm not good at Roman numerals. All right. So number uh, thirteen. <laughs> just doing exactly what his daddy told him to do. And, I mean, he wasn't out there to stir up trouble. He wasn't out there to try to try to mess with them. All he was doing was doing exactly what dad asked him to do. Go check on your brothers, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. And that's all he was told to do because their brothers had been in trouble before. And so he was just doing what he was told to do. He goes out there to check on them and what happens? They're conspiring to kill him. They conspired against him. They conspired evil against him. And he absolutely did nothing wrong. Girls. Immediately my mind goes forward to end the time with Jesus Christ. We've been studying this in, on Sunday mornings in John chapter 5. When Jesus healed that, that man who had been sick for 38 years. And now... These Pharisees want to kill him. Why? He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't break the Sabbath day. He didn't break the law. He was doing a good deed, which was allowed by the law, on the Sabbath day, and they wanted to, now they want to kill him. They conspired evil against him. They conspired evil against Joseph. What did he do? What did he do? Was good. What did he do? Not hate, not hate them back. No, they thought they needed to get even with him, get back on him. I don't know. I don't know. To me, to be honest, it really doesn't even make sense why they'd want to kill him. But they hated him and they envied him. 
Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse number 14, Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. Who are they talking about? Jesus. They wanted to, dis to destroy. To me, in my mind, I think of words. I think of kill being something more than just destroy. I mean, destroy is how I figure... Uh, a tornado blows through someplace and it just absolutely destroys and there's nothing left. Right? That's how I figure destroy is, right? Uh, but I feel like kill is a different word. These guys didn't want to just kill him. They wanted to destroy him. Why? They conspired evil against Christ. They conspired evil against Joseph. Alright? Last page. We're not going to get through all these today either. <laughs> 14. Jesus was placed in the ground because of someone who stood up for him. Joseph of Arimathea. He stood up and said, I'll take the body of Jesus and put him in the ground. Luke chapter 3, verse number 53. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in the sepulcher that was hewed in a stone wherein never man before was laid. Both people, Joseph and Jesus, were put in a hole in the ground. Now, know this to be true. That these men, not only were they placed in the ground, but then not, number 15, he was stripped of his garments. They took his garment off of him. In Genesis 37, they, there they came with Joseph. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped uh, Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. They took his clothes away from him. They took his garment. And what did they do to Jesus Christ when he was led to Golgotha? And the Bible says that they stripped him in verse chapter, Matthew 27 and verse 28. And they stripped him and they put him on a scarlet robe. But they stripped him of his garments. My soul, the things that took place between Joseph and, and Jesus Christ. There he was placed in the ground. They stripped him of his garment. But not only that, here's the greatest one of all, I think. Number 16. They came out. Alive, He came out of that hole alive. Both of them did. Joseph, Genesis 37, verse 28. There passed by the Midianites, merchant men, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. Luke 24, verse number 6. Jesus was placed in that hole. They did strip him of a garment, but he was not gone. He was not, he was not done. And the Bible says, he is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you. When he was yet in Galilee, he is not here. Yes, Joseph came out alive, but Jesus came out of that hole alive. When they came to that hole, guess what? They, that hole was empty. That grave was empty when they came back to check. And it does tell us that story. How they came back to check. In the hole, he was not there. He was placed in the ground. He was stripped of his garment. He came out of the hole alive. 
He was sold for money. He was sold for money. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 28. Sold Joseph to Israelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And we fast forward in a time when Jesus was betrayed. And the Bible says in Matthew 26, verse 15. And he said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Both men were betrayed. Both men were placed in the ground. Both men were stripped of their garment. Both men came out alive. Both men were sold for money. And lastly, I am going to get out of here. Number 18. You're going to get out of the hole. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the hole. <laughs> they both were sought after he was placed in the hole. Joseph they came looking for Joseph after he was in the hole. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, verse number 29, And Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. They didn't know what was going on. Reuben didn't understand why Joseph wasn't in the pit. They didn't know why. But that morning, on, on that Sunday morning, here they come to the, to the tomb of Jesus, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what they were going to expect. And they came, Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1, 24 and verse number 1, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared. And what did they find? Jesus wasn't there. They came to that temple, and I mean, they came to that tomb, and he wasn't there. Gone. He was gone. Just as he said. It's interesting on the comparisons between Joseph and Jesus. We're not done. I have about 70 more, but I don't know if we'll go through all of them or not. But, but as you look at it, it's interesting. But I know this, that there's no story in the Bible that was put there on accident. This story was for us to see the type of Christ that Joseph was. To show us what Christ was for us when he lived on this earth. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? Yes. You know, preacher, the, you know what I see here in the comparison of Joseph and of Jesus. Joseph was born with a normal family. Yeah. Right. But they, they go hand in hand. They do. They do. 
But that just tells you that even if you don't have a spiritual father like Christ did, you can still live a godly life. Yeah. Because that situation that Joseph came out of, I mean, like you said, I mean, you would want revenge or, I mean, all those things that weighed against him. All those things. I mean, we talked about a bunch of things tonight that, that, and yet he still chose to live for God. And yet he still chose when he's in the pit to, to not get out of that pit and try to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and God get even and he became a slave. And I mean, not be bitter about it for the rest of his life. He wasn't. You know, I, I guess what I'm saying that he's, he wasn't like me. I'm, I'm obedient sometimes. Okay? <laughs> right. But he was obedient all the time. Yes. All. Yes. And so was Jesus. Right. And he was. He was. And, I, and again, we talked about uh, the Sunday too. The Bible's not a history book. So it doesn't tell us every everything that took place in Joseph's life. I mean, it skips years, a few, you know. The Bible doesn't show us that he sinned, okay? But we know that he did. He was obedient all the way through, all the way through his life. Jesus Christ was obedient all the way through his life. But even knowing that somebody went through what he went through and still loved God, to me, it's an encouragement to read that story and to go through that story knowing that it is possible. That you can. That no matter what I'm going through, I can trust God. That no matter what's going on, I can come out better for it because I'm trusting God and I'm relying on Him and all the things that it takes to be able to do what Joseph did. It is. Yes, ma'am. Yeah? Where there's no other way? Yeah. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. That's hard. I love that. Yeah, that song's easy to sing. It really is. But it's hard to follow. He did choose to obey rather than being disobedient. Because at that moment in his life, he could have chose to do one or two things. He could have chose, no, I'm done. I'm through with this stuff. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people turn. I've seen people who were what you thought were godly or even Christians. And the moment that something bad took place in their life, they turned their back on the church and they turned their back on God and they turned their back on everybody. And they walk away like they never left anything behind. I've seen it. I've seen it. But he chose not to. He chose not to. All right. Any other thoughts, questions before we end tonight? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for letting us be in here. Lord, I pray that you've blessed our time together. Thank you for everyone that's here. I pray as we go about our way, I pray that you help keep us safe. I pray for those that are dealing with the virus. I pray for those that are are uh, preparing uh, or are trying to get back home to their homes in Louisiana. 
I pray for those workers that are working nonstop trying to get the lights back on. I pray for those that are in the path of the, the tropical storm Nana. I pray that you will protect them. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.